Let's look to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for the privilege, the honor of spending time in your holy word. It is a joy and a pleasure to open your word and hear what you have to share with us this morning. We pray that as we spend time in your word this morning, you would speak to our hearts, wherever we are. You would challenge us, you would encourage us, you would motivate us, you would share new truths and insights to help us to draw closer to you. At the end of it all, Father God, we pray that you would be glorified, that as your word goes forth, it would accomplish the purpose wherein you sent it. And at the end of it, you receive the honor and the glory and the praise. Thank you again for this privilege, this responsibility, this opportunity. And may you be pleased in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Turn with me in your Bibles, in your text to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. This morning, and for those of you who may not know James, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> is right after Hebrews and right before Peter. If you have your iPads, your Samsung phones, for those of you who have it, I know a lot of you do, you should be able to find it quickly. We're going to look at the book of James. Now, this morning I want to invite you to, to come with me on a journey. In fact, an adventure. We want to delve and dig into the book of James for the few times that I will be sharing with you. And our purpose is to determine what the book of James is all about and what God has in that book for us. We're going to ask some questions and hopefully we're going to get some answers. And we finish the book of James, which we may take some time. If you're like us in our Bible study, with um, the 40-week study, we've been doing the 40-minute 40, the 40 study. We've been doing that one-week study for how long now? For those who are in our class, it's been some time. So we're going to spend some time in the book of James. And our, my prayer is that the things that God has opened to me, you would just enjoy seeing as we spend time. Let's get started and ask some questions. This morning's, the purpose of this morning's message is just for us to get an overview, an overview of the book of James, to see what James is speaking about generally, to understand what this book is about, so that we can lay a foundation to build on in the future. And I want you to join with me as we dig into the book of James. First question, who wrote the book of James? Anybody? Who wrote the book of James? James. James wrote the book of James. Now which James is that? Which one? Thank you. The brother of Jesus. The fellow who wrote the book of James. Not the apostle, but actually the brother of Jesus. They say it's, it was his half-brother James who wrote the book. And you can find some of these in the book of Mark chapter 6 verse 3. And Galatians 1, 18 through 19. And it said that James, the author, actually, when he and Jesus were together, he didn't believe Jesus actually was the Messiah. He did not believe that his brother was the Messiah. If you turn with me to John chapter 7, 
It says in John chapter 7 verse 3, Therefore his brothers said to him, Leave here and go into Judea, so that your disciples also may see your works which you are doing. For no one does anything in secret when he himself seeks to be known publicly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers were believing in him. So even though, and it's amazing, you can have Jesus Christ living with you and still not believe who he is. James was his half-brother, but did not accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah. James also was a leader in the church of Jerusalem, according to Acts 12, verse 17. And one of the things that you find interesting is that Jesus Christ, after his resurrection, actually paid his brother James a special visit. And it is believed that that visit played a key part in James eventually believing that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. What else do we learn about this book? It was written by James, and he describes himself. How does James describe himself according to the text? He was what? He was a what? A bond servant. A bond servant of who? God and Jesus Christ. He was a bond servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, by definition, a bond servant is one who gives himself up to the will of another. James gave himself up to whatever God's will was. Not just God, but Jesus Christ. The same Jesus Christ who he did not believe was the Messiah. He eventually comes back and says, I am Jesus Christ's born servant. I am absolutely in subjection and devotion to him. But he's also carried a sense of honor. James was not just subjected to Jesus Christ, not just in devotion to him, but James says, as a slave of Jesus Christ, I am his representative. I am his officer. James was an officer of God, an officer of Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things I find also interesting, James makes the comment. He says he's a bondservant of God and a bondservant of Jesus Christ. He's putting them on the same level. So James, in fact, is now telling you that Jesus Christ and God are the same. And that is just seen just in that one, and it may, we're still in verse 1. Just in verse 1, and just getting an overview of the book. James says he is a bondservant of Jesus Christ and a bondservant of God, the Messiah. He was acknowledging that God and Jesus were the same. Now, next question. Who was the book of James written to? Christians. Not just Christians. Now, you said Christians. Who said Christians? I can pick you out. You said Christian. Why did you say Christians? Your Bible said so. <laughs> I see that. Where do you find that he was speaking to Christians? Jewish? What? Now, did it say Jewish believers? What does the text say? Now, the 12 tribes dispersed. It didn't say Jewish believers. But do you think he was talking to believers? Now, let's look at the text. Well, I almost feel like we're in school. Let's look at the text. Where do you find out that he was speaking to believers? 
My brethren. Brethren. He was talking to not just believers, but what type of believers? What kind of believers? It says in verse 1. Jewish believers. That's important. Not just Christians. But he was speaking specifically to Jewish Christians. And when we get into the book of James, we need to bear that in mind. This was James was not just speaking to Christians. He was speaking to Jewish Christians. That's critical. It's critical when you look at the words that he uses. When you look at the examples that he gives. When you look at his explanations and illustrations. Because when you read the book of James, you have to bear that in mind. You have to bear in mind that James was writing to Jewish Christians. Jewish Christians. And the text says they weren't just Jewish Christians, but they were scattered abroad. They were all over the place. Another interesting thing was James was writing a general letter. There was no specific person he was writing to. He was writing to who? All. All of the tribes as they were dispersed. I asked myself the question, how in the world could James write a letter to all the tribes dispersed? What kind of communication must they have had to be able to write a letter and get it to all of the various tribes throughout the empire, the Roman Empire? So even though the church was dispersed, they had a communication system in place where we can get information from the church of Jerusalem to all the tribes. And we're still in verse 1. Isn't the word of God exciting? Now, I don't know if you see, for me, it's exciting. Getting in, delving, digging. Because I believe, I believe the word of God is a true treasure that needs to be mined. Not just dispersed. Dispersed, but they still were in communication. No matter what their situation, James was able to get the information about. Now when was it written? It doesn't say. The text doesn't say. But if you do some digging... In some other sources, you'll find that it was written, James is one of the earlier books written to the early Jewish Christians. They say around AD 45. What does that mean? We ain't getting that right now. That's just a date. You can put it in your little notebook. We come back to that later. But we want to bear in mind what was happening when this book was written. We want to understand the circumstances. And this is just from reading the text. Just from reading the text. Another point. As you study James... It was to the tribe that was, the Jewish tribes that were dispersed. And I want to give you some homework. Read about the term dispersion. There was something significant about the fact that the Jewish tribes were dispersed. What was that all about? What was happening at that time? What was going on in the church? Why were they dispersed? And these are the questions you need to ask. Whenever you get into a text, who is it about? Why? What? When? Where? They call it the five, the five, uh, five W's and the one H. When, where, how, why, what? All of these things must be asked. Because the text has answers. And we've got to look in God's word and seek those answers. Also, we have to ask the question. Another key question. Why was James written? Now, this is a little mystery. And this is where the adventure comes in. When we studied Titus, the last time, Titus gave us a hint as to what the book was all about. Can anyone remember what Titus was all about? We just studied it last week. Anyone? Remember we read Titus? He said, do you remember? To be used, it was to be used as a tool to set things in order and to appoint what? 
elders, to appoint elders. This was written, it was written for a specific purpose. But we're going to have to study, read the book of James to find out why James was written. And some of the clues are given in words that are used in the book of James. Words such as doer, faith, patience, prayer, tongue. These are some of the things that were discussed in James. Words that are often repeated that give you a hint of what the book of James is all about. Topics you may find in James. Things that deal with speech. Going through various trials. It talks about a person, be not many teachers, knowing you should receive the greater condemnation. But when you spend this time in James, and believe it or not, most of this information that I'm sharing with you this morning came just from reading James over and over again. You see, this is one of the points I want to challenge you with this morning. I believe we in the body of Christ have, have gotten, to some extent, lazy. We believe that the thing should just be laying on the surface for us to come along and pick up. But I believe if we really want to get the gems, the golden nuggets, the true treasure that is in God's word, we as God's people need to relearn how to dig, how to take time, spend time in God's word. Because I don't believe God is going to give up his jewels and gems so easily for persons who aren't prepared to work. Scripture makes a point. It says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing, rightly handling the word of truth. That word study means to be diligent. It means to work hard in the New Living Translation. It, it, it says to make every effort, to do your best. It indicates to strive, to give one's best effort in doing something. And the sad thing to me is I think we've lost that drive, that desire, that passion. We seem to be giving the word of God our, our leftovers. And we still expect to get the best. If we want the best, You've got to give the best, give the time, give the energy, give the effort, the prayer, the study, get the tools, the resources. No good miner goes out there with a rusty pick and shovel. Get some quality tools because if you want to dig and you want to find the quality gems, you need to have the tools, put in the time and the effort to see what God's word has. And God's word has so much. But I think it's not for those who are just willing to walk around, see what they can pick up. You've got to be prepared to do the work. James, as we continue, talks about trials and faith. By the time I finished reading James, I said, what, what, what? What is James all about? Because when you study the book, you need to have a good idea what the book is about. Because if you don't have a good idea about the purpose, you're going to go down a road that leads you to nowhere. So what is James all about? Now this was my conclusion. And you may come to a different one. By the time I finished, I came up with the title for this message and for the book of James. Faith 
in action. I think James was speaking to the dispersed Jewish Christians who knew about faith, who knew about salvation, the gospel. But having that knowledge is not enough. What are we doing with this faith? How is the faith that we have lived out, demonstrated? How is it demonstrated in our speech? How should we speak if our faith is genuine? How should we deal with trials, difficulties, challenges? How should we deal with temptation? How should we pray? How should we, how is wisdom played out? And it's even, the, all this is discussed in James. And it all has to do with the right application of faith. Not just be a hearer. As James 1.22 says, but prove yourselves doers of the word, not merely hearers. We know it. And Calvary Bible Church, if there's one thing I've said before, we know the truth. It's been taught from this pulpit. We discussed it in various meetings that have been in this, and the truth has been expounded consistently. It has been solid. It has been biblical. It's been grounded. It's been systematic. But the issue is not the hearing. The question now, Calvary, is what are we going to do with it? How is our faith demonstrated? How is it seen? How is it lived out day to day? In my home with my children, when James talks about speech, how does that impact how I relate to my son, to my wife? When James talks about trials, how does that relate to how I deal with challenges on the job, issues I deal with in the church? When James talks about temptation, how do I deal with the television? How do I deal with the internet? And James delves into that. My prayer is that if we go through the book of James, we would take the faith we have, the knowledge we have, and put it into action. Because I believe James speaks about faith in action. Trials. Testing. Again, join me in this journey. I told Patrick I'd be doing some advertising for Precept. And so this is my blurb. blurb. They call it a blurb? That's what they call it, Monty? A blurb? A little, little bit of advertising you drop in somewhere. A blurb? Thank you very much. Precept Ministries has a study called God's Love Alive in You, an inductive study series that goes to the book of James. So if you're interested in joining us in this journey and you want a, maybe a, a little road map to help you with that, check out Patrick. If you want to go a little deeper, you, you don't just want to drive along the road like a tourist do and look out the window, but you want to get out and get involved. Put your hands on the stuff. Go a little deeper. There's another precept study called A Faith that's real. That's one of the ones that I'm going through. And I, and I pray, you don't have to use a book, you know. Because you have the ultimate textbook right here. And you have the ultimate teacher, God the Holy Spirit. And he will help you to understand. Those of you who have been to Teleos, 
know about Bible study methods, observation, interpretation, application. You know about the process. Let's put that into practice. Let's apply those principles. And let's see what James has to share with us. And finally, why should we do this? Why am I asking you to join me? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture, all, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It's profitable for doctrine or teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man and the woman of God may be perfect. Or the word is adequate, fitted, equipped for every good work. Are you equipped for every good work? Have you allowed the word of God to be a teaching tool, to correct, to instruct you in righteousness, to help you be fitted, equipped, ready to carry out good work? And as we spend our time in the book of James, I pray that that is what we will be. We will become men and women. Now you may be too busy, I know. You may say it's a bit too hard. We can come up with many excuses. But I believe as believers, we should have none. There should be no excuse to stop us from getting into the most important book. I use this example with, with men sometimes. I, I like to hit my brothers because I is one of them, you know. It's a beat. We'll be talking about this book and I say, you know that verse in, in Boy, I had go again. I, I can't remember. I said, but um, who played football last week? Oh, so and so played. Who they played? They played so and so. What's the score? And who was on? Man, listen, so and so got so many shots. So many. I said, it's amazing. You can riddle off the stats of teams, but you can't riddle off the stats from this book. I find it amazing. Doesn't that find, you, don't find, you don't find it amazing? I mean, these fellas, I mean, they can tell you who played, what's his stats, who he playing next, what college he came from, what's his stats was in college, who his coach was. You can't tell me who the coach was who wrote James. You can't tell me who the book was written to. You can't give me any information like that. But you know that. Women, you could tell me what's showing on a certain program. You could tell me what's the latest style. You can go through all of that. But you can't tell me what's in the book. Come on now. I encourage you. Let's get into the book. Let's get into the book. All scripture, all scripture is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness that we, the men and women of God, may be perfect, complete, equipped for every good work. Carry Bible Church, God has a work for us here and now. And in order for us to be effective and execute that work according to God's design and plan, we need to understand how it is to be done and be equipped to do that work. Let's get into his word and equip ourselves for every good work, for his honor and for his glory. In Jesus' name.
Amen.